We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Wake up! Wake up! Mike Mulligan. I think that, you know, just as a general rule, as a taxpayer, I am uh, unlikely to want to see any of my tax money go somewhere. I don't care if you're raising it or not. I mean, a billion dollars. One billion gajillion fifillion It's a little bit of an ask. Go ahead and ask me whatever you want to ask me. And I'll answer whatever I feel like. David Haw. Well, I, yeah, I maybe get a little emotional there. And I think that we both value the potential of a new ballpark and what that could mean for the city and certainly that neighborhood. I think we just want it to be fiscally responsible. And that's what we're asking for as much as anything. But it's obvious if we have six years left, I think that's what it, we got to decide. Are we, you know, what's, what's the future going to be? And you know, we'll, 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 we'll get to it. Start your mornings with Mully and Haw, 5.30 till 10 a.m. on 6.70 The Score. Love your show. You guys are a riot. Let's go. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Oh, there's a lot going on in the wide world of sports, and you just heard a little bit of it, Mr. David. Good morning, sir. Morning, Mully. Happy Wednesday. Yes, there is a lot to talk about, even though last night was pretty quiet on the activity front. Not a lot of games to watch. If you're a college basketball fan, you were treated to an upset. Not yeah. a lot of Chicago sports going on. But it wasn't a close game. It was a blowout upset. UConn goes down in flames on the road at number 15, Creighton. 85-66. to 66. Wow. I mean, that's uh, that's pretty much a blowout. That means college basketball's up for grabs. It's going to be a fun tournament. Can't wait. Yeah. March, a mere nine days away. 29 days in February this month, folks. Just remember that. It's a leap year. Yeah. Stretch. Wow. What a what a wonderful surprise of the calendar. We have to wait one more day Does for not March Madness every year. I know. Yeah, every pretty, four, I think they say. Pretty special. Know anybody that was born on a leap year? I did. There was a there was a priest. Um, have they in, aged in, well in Rome, who was turning like eighty, and they were joking that he was yeah. whatever. Just hitting so, his twenties. So we all like they had like a banner, and everybody wrote stuff to him. It's always I, fun. I mean, he was an elderly gentleman. I didn't really have much. Uh, engagement with him but yes it was his birthday on leap year i just remember it vividly thinking it's kind of cool it would be kind of cool to be a leap year baby because what do you do therese Halliburton burton is also born on a uh leap year that day he should have been february MVP. 29th he should have been all-star mvp what, what so a, technically he's like four years old they said anybody <laughs> notice did anybody notice what he did 
in that game. Yeah, I mean, he was great. Well, it was also he was great. His shooting percentage was ridiculous. What was it? He he made like eleven of fourteen threes. I've repressed every memory and, from that game. And and like um, I think I think Dame he shot like. 12 of 28. I mean, it was like, it was, was just no defense. They named Dame the MVP. Yeah, it was good. I know there was no defense. There was no defense. It was like basically pregame warm ups. The greatest thing about that game, and we didn't talk about it enough, and I, I can't get we enough did. of it. Yeah, I think we did. Nah. Uh, the greatest thing about the game is when, is when the commissioner has to give the trophy for victory. And he, he's like, uh, and the winner of the Eastern Conference, uh, they scored a lot of points. Like, he yeah. was, it was. He went full Manfred. That was just a piece of metal to him. He couldn't even yeah. fake it. He was disgusted. You can't fake it? He was as disgusted as people watching he's felt. He's the commissioner. Yeah. Act like you're really excited. Oh, well, that, no, I think he's he's pretty much on brand. He's legit and sincere, and he was disgusted. I was glad he's kind of acted like that I it means they thought, need to change i thought it was hilarious yeah it was funny i just that was to me one of the highlights of the whole damn weekend and there probably so many. it says everything about the game yeah, and the activities there weren't very many what was them. the highlight of the dunk contest adam silver giving out the trophy <laughs> in reserve manner great yeah here he did a good job of you know putting the ball down i don't know <laughs> hanging on the rim did you see the uh, – who's the kid from Celtics, the number two player from the Celtics? Jalen Brown? Yeah. Did you see his dunk attempt? Yeah, it was very embarrassing. Oh, my God. Yep. Okay, I'm glad we finally got to that. I'm glad we did. It's been driving me nuts because <laughs> I feel like I wasted a whole day watching all that stuff, and we never had a chance to make fun of it. And uh, that's a pity. Bears on the clock. Bears on the clock. Bears have the number one pick in the draft. There's all sorts of stuff floating around around that. We're finding out um, that Justin Fields did indeed, yes, unfollow the Bears on Instagram. Well, I don't think that's the right way to put it. I think he he doesn't follow the Bears on Instagram. Do we know that he unfollowed? Unfollowing is a verb. So you cut the click, and you have to make a conscious decision I once followed them. I no longer follow you. I'm mad at you. I don't no longer am interested in your great pictures. Brandon is our Instagram specialist. I, I, what I, what, I think what he, is your ruling, sir? I don't. I'm very intrigued to see like this podcast with the same Brown brothers. Yes, but I don't think he. I don't think he initially followed them. Thank I, you. I, that's that's what I think. Yeah. Okay. So unfollow is an act of defiance. An act of he's declining to follow the bears. He's declining to follow the bears, but he never did. If he didn't, then is that a bad thing? I did just check this morning, too. He's still not following the Bears. Oh, good. Is he still following them on X? Yeah. He's still described as a Bears quarterback at X. This is much ado well, he's about also nothing, described, as the kids say. He? Yes. Well, he apparently told them some well, stuff. Well, why wouldn't he follow we'll them on Instagram to start with? What? <laughs> really? Trade demand? What would well, you so say? That's a crazy question? Yes. That Why he did Well, if he's following them on X... Why would he not follow them on the ground? Could be an oversight. Well, you, he may have one social media for the public and one for himself. Yeah. You don't know what the answer to that question is. Well, I can view both, so they're both public. It's an amusing discussion. I know the me. answer. No, I'm saying for his own follows, and et cetera. I don't know. I don't know either. Do you ever? Wait, since we're here, hold on. But, I mean, what's we're with not. The, what's, well, no, 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 no. Since we're here. All right, come on. What's with the unfollow with the Bears? What's, what's up with that? Man, bro, I'm glad we're talking about it because. The only reason he would be glad they're going to talk about it is so he can clear it up and say there's nothing to see here. Right? 
Did you get a preview of this that you're? That's what you just <laughs> played. Is, you're on me if I say I don't know. Now you're on me if I say I think I know. Now what? Which no, is? No, I'm just. I'm, I'm, I'm saying. That's I'm a good follow-up stick, question. I, hey, I'm interpreting stick this. Stick with your I know everything. Yeah, yes. Okay. I know everything. I believe. How about I believe? <laughs> right, this. Okay. I believe. I believe I can fly. I believe that I Justin Fields would be would be open to talking about that because he wants to clear it up because it's much ado about nothing. Otherwise, he would say, "Dude, don't call me out like that. I don't want to talk about it. I'm not coming on your podcast to tell you why I unfollowed the team that's going to trade me." Who are we quoting there in that song? We ought to be careful shooting our mouths off, Justin. And I guess I started tough crowd. Um, uh, the Bears got a new coach. Yes, they did. New head coach. No, they did. Oh, no. Damn it. They hired an assistant running back coach, made history, Jennifer King, the first female coach in franchise history. Yes. And this is uh, a woman who worked on the Washington Commander staff Great. and has, has made her own history there. Not the Washington Commander's assistant. I thought they would add to their staff this offseason, but a historic <laughs> hire nonetheless. Which one was that? I what? thought they were going by enemy. He never knew oh. about enemy. I didn't know if you meant Chico for yeah. defense coordinator. I didn't you like that you idea. I didn't know you where like you were going. Idea. I didn't know where you were going. <laughs> Neither does Dustin. I just needed clarity. Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, that would have worked. I got no problem with Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, I would say no. <laughs> Jennifer King's going to be the assistant with Chad Morton coaching the Bears running backs. So mm-hmm. they have two people for that position, which I think that um, they've got a pretty good staff. They feel good about it. The rumor is, word is, Molly. Yes. We're going to hear from the new coordinators this week. Dan Weeder on the Take the North podcast dropped that nugget last night. He's There's information that we might actually hear from Shane Waldron and Eric Washington. What do you think about that? What's your quarterback plan? Exactly. How do they answer uh, that? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. So they're rehearsing probably now. By the end of the week, we are expected to hear from them based on Dan's intel. So looking forward to that. Um, and we, I'm sure you already know, but you should know that Sunday is the Chris Chelios jersey retirement game. They're going to retire Chris Chelios's jersey. It's also the return of Kaner. Yes. It'll be his first time back as a, uh, a Red Army wing against the Blackhawks. Red wing. They're in the... Thick of the playoff hunt in uh-huh. the Eastern Conference. He just got his 800th assist a couple nights ago. Patrick Kane back at the United Center. I'm pumped. So pumped. And you can tune into our show today and tomorrow for your chance to win a pair of tickets. What time? You get, I mean, how about that? What a time? pair of Hawks tickets. Seriously, that's a good giveaway. When the number seven goes into the rafters, you can be there. The Blackhawks host the Red Wings Sunday at the United Center, and it's courtesy of Bud Light. Easy to drink, easy to enjoy. I love it when we have a little hockey debate pre-show, and this morning we had one. I was talking to some hockey people yesterday yes, in anticipation of this big moment on Sunday, and I cannot wait for Sunday. Doing is, the- is this really a hockey argument? Yes, it is. Okay. But Sunday's going to be great. We're doing the show. Chelly's getting his jersey retired. Kaner's on the ice. Video tribute. It was referred to me yesterday as the biggest home game at the United Center for the Blackhawks since game six, 2015, when they beat the Tampa Bay Lightning 
and they won the cup at home. I remember that night well. It was a tremendous experience to cover. And Sunday's the biggest moment since then. And and I got some pushback. And I immediately said, I would I would I, argue I, I got some that the biggest home game since then is Connor Bedard's debut. Because like winning a Stanley Cup, it's something positive on the ice for the team. Kaner coming back. How happy is everybody about Kaner coming back? But Chelly. Chelly going into the rafters. The rafters. Is, that's, that's a great story. Local guy made good. I think I love everything about the story. And we'll talk to Chris Chelios at 844. But I'm just saying from the significance of a Blackhawks moment, it's the debut of the of the great young star that they were lucky enough to land with the number one overall. I pick. would counter as much as I, you know, love everything about Bedard Mania and Bedard Bedlam, whatever you want to call it. I think that this is a celebration of two legends, not just one. Two Blackhawk legends. I know Kaner's in yeah, I, the Red I, Wings jersey. Listen, but I, this is going to be great. I totally get it. You're trapped in the past. You've said it many times. <laughs> we get it. I am trapped. We know in the past. you, like the Blackhawks, are trapped in the past. I'm a prisoner of the past moments, not the moment. I know. I just, I, I mean, am I not allowed to, like, <laughs> allowed. oh, well, the Bedard game? I mean, that's significant you, because okay. it means. Would you have that? Would you have this take? If you hadn't seen him in Montreal before, before everybody else did. Thank you. Okay. I'm glad we brought that so up. So you have latched onto this idea that everything about Bedard trumps everything else about Blackhawk past and present. I, I think right now it's Bedard's team. He's the most important figure in the franchise, and you got to do everything you can mm-hmm. to build up a team around him. But I think I feel confident in saying the next great Blackhawks team will will feature Connor Bedard. No doubt about it. And I think they're not as far away as their back-to-back losing. As they look like. <laughs> back-to-back worst seasons in the league's indicates. As ridiculous as that sounds, I think that they are on the verge of a breakthrough as early as potentially next year, probably the next couple of years. It's a healthy organization because of Bedard's presence and all the prospects coming up. So, Fair good enough. debate. Fair enough. All right. I don't think it was a debate. It was just a – it was a – Kind of an argument about whether the future is more important than the past. <laughs> I, Where know. I'm trapped. Well, I mean, the ghost of Blackhawks past visited you, and you, <laughs> I, you remembered what it was know, like I in love the school I love watching Patrick Kane. He was the most fun do. player I've covered probably yes. since coming to Chicago. Yes, and he's very pumped for the video tribute. He knows it's coming, and he's ready for it, and... Um, I'm sure there will be uh, there'll be tears and hugs and joy and memories and it'll be wonderful. And I'm I'm very pleased for Chris Chelios. It's an unbelievable honor and he deserves it. And uh, he's a great guy. And we'll talk to him at eight forty four. Looking forward to that conversation. A lot to talk to him about this week. Maybe we'll mention Connor Bedard to him. Probably will because he's back. Ask him about the rumor about Sunday as well. The rumor. Yeah. Which is? <laughs> There's some buzz. Okay. <laughs> Michael Jordan did not show up for the Bulls Ring of Honor ceremony, but, but there's, show up for there's a possibility, there's some expectation maybe that he will be there on Sunday or he could be there on Sunday. You can't put me on Jordan watch again. <laughs> you can't. I'm going to. I'm not doing I'm it. I'm going to. We'll ask uh, him about that. We, uh, we heard from uh, – from both sides of town, obviously, oh, you got the uh, 
the the full squad workouts going on in Arizona. The two teams will play on Friday, and uh, and we saw the chairman. The chairman was all over Springfield, going into meetings, talking to lawmakers about uh, the new Sox Park, and we'll have some audio from him yeah. to share with you as well. This is not the appropriate time to talk. We're not going to give out it, you know, bulletins and an appropriate time everybody involved in the process will have something to say and it'll, and it'll be said you leave here feeling better than you did when you came down well my leg is bothering me how's your brain my brain oh they they jumped in to there's an indication that, i mean a lot of this is going on in politics that you know Maybe a bunch of 80-year-olds shouldn't be running for president. And now here we are asking 88-year-old. Is he 88 yet? On Sunday. 87-year-old Jerry Reinsler. His brain is. Well. Somebody jumped in at that point. Were they trying to be funny with that? Yeah, I think. Um, I'm guessing that was The mood was light. Jerry's a sarcastic guy. I guess in the moment that was a fine question. I don't think he provided any clarity about about his brain? About what is going on with the, his ask and what the reception he received. The sense is, based on reading you know, some of the comments from legislators who met with him, Chris Welch comes to mind, where there's, it's going to be difficult for yes. the, it's a hard lawmakers to, to, to have much of an appetite to take mm-hmm. on this kind of public burden with everything else in the state. We're going to hear from... Governor Prisker later today, the state of the state address, he's going to talk about a budget that is going to be very difficult to put together and a lot of things to pay for. I don't know where sports stadiums will fall on the list of priorities. I hope not very high, and I think that's what Jerry Reinsler probably encountered yesterday. I don't know about that visit. There's some things that bothered me about the whole optics of it, to be honest with you. You mean Jerry's leather jacket? Put on a suit. I know you're 88. I know that you are a respected. Put on a suit. I always think that, you know, dress look, dress for success. Look like the people that you're talking to. You have an audience. It's a small thing. It's a petty thing. Yes, I acknowledge that. Put on a suit. <laughs> I, I, you will not hear me endorse something you said more than what you just said, David. <laughs> totally agree. 100%. Now, I, I get a little carried away with this stuff. You know that. Dude. I, it was obvious okay. that he wasn't wearing a suit. I think everybody saw it. <laughs> I mean, he I'm was, shocked he wasn't smoking a cigar. And what, are gonna like, a what are you going to do about it? Are you serious about asking the public, the state of Illinois, for a billion dollars? If you are, dress the part. Look the part. Don't take it like, oh, you know, we just happen to be on the interstate in this nice big black van we are driving around in, and I got out my leather jacket, and I'm going to ask you for a billion dollars in a, in a leather jacket. Something I would wear to the bar on Friday night. I, just, come on. I, I paid top dollar to see you in that outfit on Friday night. <laughs> Either one of you still have a leather jacket that you would wear? Uh, I have a leather jacket. I have a leather jacket somewhere in the closet. Yeah. I ha- yeah. I, I, the key that you would wear. Uh, yeah, probably I not. I didn't answer that question. Pro- probably not. I do have a leather jacket. It's really nice. It's kind of a longer one. Yeah, I've got a couple, but I, I don't yeah. know. Where you're it. always better off if you're overdressed, right? In a situation like that. I if- think it, I think it's more to me. You're always better off if you're dressed appropriately in mm-hmm. a situation like that. And as you say, I'm sure everyone he was talking to was in a suit. 
Yeah. So you want to dress like your audience is probably going to be dressed, or you don't want to uh, you don't want to underestimate that. Don't wear your nicest suit. You don't want to look like a guy that just came from the tailor store when you're looking for a billion. What if he would have worn like that Letterman style White Sox World Championship jacket? Uh, maybe trying to flex there, possibly. I, uh, that would have been better than whatever he had on. Or a Bulls, or a Bulls six peak like <laughs> if he leather wore, jacket. If he wore six Bulls championship rings, and then the seventh, yeah, if he would have gone, if he would have worn. If he would, if he would have, I'll tell you what. If he would have went down there with seven rings, that would have been a boss move. Okay. I've brought in seven of these things. I've brought in seven of these things to the city. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have mentioned that. I would have thought like, oh wow, yeah, or at I least mean, one. I mean, yeah. it did. It did he? He should have at least right. He should have worn the white socks. Oh no, I had not checked. Did not check his jewelry. Did not notice that. No. I did notice a leather jacket. No. I have a thing with like suits and what you should wear, and you know. I, I listen. How do you I feel mean, about the NBA coaches still wearing the pullovers? I'm not crazy about that either. Right? They they kind of went away from it during yeah. COVID. Let them wear like what they would wear to a workout, and they're still doing that. Well, I mean, I go back. Remember when Mike Nolan wanted to wear a suit on the sidelines to honor his father, who was a head coach in the NFL, and they would not allow it. Well, yeah, they wanted him to wear like the kind of clothes NFL gear that they're trying to to sell on the website, not Tom Landry. Yeah, are they or trying Dick to Nolan. sell torn hoodies, Dustin? On the well, sideline? I'm just saying that, but that's what they do. I mean, if you yeah. notice, like they yeah. all the teams, it's everything that you can get on the front page of the of the shop, NFLshop.com, I believe it's called. That's Very what's casual. up there. Yeah, I, I don't know if dress code matters. If we sound really old, probably talking about this and why you the importance of wearing a suit, and people are like, well, really? That's really dated and old fashioned, but there are times that are it's more appropriate. I don't know if the NBA games that really bothers me as much. But Billy Donovan's like in the same pullover every game. It's not even like a like a hey, check out this new item at the NBA shop. It's sure, the same. I'm sure it's three quarter zip. Yeah, I'm sure it's, it's been not, washed it's not like and he's laundered. Wearing the same one every night, uh, unless they're on a winning streak. Unless they're on what? a winning streak. Why is he getting mad at me? I'm just well, saying. It's not the same one. Okay. It's, it's, it's the same style. It's a it's three-quarter zip, yeah. same one, same style. And guess what? They're not on any kind of streak. It's not a good luck charm. I don't know about a Bulls logo, but you can get a great three-quarter zip at Flag and Anthem. You can. In whatever color you want. Them. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. And you can I get the hippie very, cowboy I had like super, I'm wearing today. I had a super nice pale blue one, and then Dustin kept yelling at me that I look like I was a Lions fan. You look like you were a North Carolina fan. Honolulu Blue. You know the best thing about that one, though? I have the same one. Yes. You can, it's reversible. You can wear it in gray, too. It looks great. Really? Yes. It's reversible? Yeah. Yes. Are you sure? That. Yes, it is. Mine might not be. It's I, reversible. I, I'm going to come in I've got here. A, I've got a four-button like flag and anthem uh, top on this morning. I, well, that's. I don't know if that yeah. one's reversible. Please don't try. I've this one's a, not. <laughs> not on Twitch, at least. i t-shirt hoodie. So That's a cool one. I wore yeah, that. I, like I wore that on my uh, daughter's college visit to Dayton. It was cold, and the hood was awesome. Yeah. I had. I actually, when we got outdoors, I had to throw the hood up because I didn't have a winter cap. Did you have a jacket or anything with? I you? had my. I had my flag and anthem vest on. Oh, good. there we go. Yeah. My flag and anthem hoodie, yeah. and I had a flag and anthem T-shirt underneath the hoodie. You and I prepared. think I might have had flag and anthem jeans on. You were prepared for that rugged, rugged Dayton, Ohio I was, weather. I was talking to my brother about. You know, when you buy something, are you, do you are you uh, must you throw something out? Like, you've got to keep from building up. And I'm like, I got so much stuff from Flag and Anthem. Don't throw it out when it's I, still in the plastic. No. Give it away. I, I know I love the Flag and Anthem stuff. I'm just saying, 
I don't, I don't even like, I, I haven't worn any of my clothes in so long. It's hard to believe. <laughs> I, I forgot I had a wardrobe of clothes. I'll have to go through it. It's a lot of good stuff. Maybe we could get Jerry a flag and anthem leather jacket. He'd, he'd look a little. That he could wear the next time he's going hat in hand to the state legislature. See, I don't think Jerry is going hat in hand. Hat in hand implies a certain humility that you are kind of. I, I, I love that's the way you interpret it because yes, that is a phrase where you come asking for something. Yes, it's just interpreted like I'm going to ask. And you, you for, are humbling, requesting something. But that's the next level of interpretation. You're looking at it that can't possibly apply to Jerry Reinsdorf. He hasn't been humble in his life. I will look up. Uh, I'll look up hat in hand, and I'll find out if there is that kind of connotation. Because in my mind, there is. Okay, so let's give Jerry, send him a flag and anthem leather jacket the next time he goes soliciting funds from taxpayers. Yes. Okay. See what that's I'm saying? That's a better way to word it. Isn't yes. It, isn't it? It's more appropriate. And, and, yeah. that's, and that's why the, the suit would have been uh, more important, because you're you're going basically as a banker requesting that people give you money. If you're going to have the audacity to ask for that much money, you better look the part. Mm. Okay. Look like a banker. Look like an investment guy. Look like somebody who I I love that we're criticizing this in such a fair-minded way. We're very fair. Because the reality is, I don't think either of us feel very good about the idea of going and and just having the gall, the unmitigated Oh, he could gall. have been dressed he could have been dressed for success in, in, a, in a brand new suit that was tailored, and and he and you find something else, and, and yeah. there would have been a problem with him appearing asking for a billion dollars in public money. Yeah, don't don't show up looking like a billionaire asking for another billion. <laughs> yeah, we'd be all over it. All right, we've got the pick six, tons of stories, pick them all apart, talk them through. We'll do that next. Molly and Haw on the score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network. From big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Pick 6 with Mully and Haw, where we debate the top six sports stories of the day and then open it up to you, the Chicago sports fan. Call us at 312-644-6767, or you can tweet your thoughts at Mully Haw. Pick 6 with Mully and Haw starts now. 
What's your takeaway about the college football playoffs unanimous approval of the new 5 plus 7 format? Are you good with the idea of the five highest-ranked conference champions making it with the next seven highest-ranked teams getting into the tournament? How about the top four highest-ranked conference champions getting a first-round bye? All good in your college football world. Yeah, I think it's a compromise. I don't have a problem with it. I mean, they were going to go six and six, right? The top six conference champions followed by uh, the highest-ranked teams, but... There's no Pac-12 anymore. I think there's two teams in the Pac-12, and even if they try to load it up, uh, who they loading it up with. So I thought it was fair that they went that route. It was unanimous, so they obviously talked it through a little bit. You know, if they had left it the way it was, then maybe maybe the MAC champion would have gotten in some year or other, right? <laughs> so so I'm sure that's that. gonna hit home. Um, I, I think this is a pretty good thing. I'm excited about the college football playoff because it, it's – I think we're going to see a lot of teams competing for the championship. I thought it was really interesting as far as the the top four conference champions getting a bye. Um, obviously, you know, conceivably Notre Dame, which had a great recruiting class, could be number one in the country and could not have a bye in the college football playoff. But Jack Swarbrick, the athletic director, knew that going in, and he was willing to compromise in order to get this done. And the um, the thought process from him was, well, we don't play a conference championship game, so we can afford to play another game in the college playoff. I, I'll, I'll be very curious to see how that works out. But, again, this is a two-year solution. It's a temporary thing. I guarantee you they will go back in two years and they will pick it apart and they will figure out uh, something that they like or don't like about it. But the uh, the two power conferences want to be paid more than everyone else, uh, the SEC and the Big Ten, and we'll see how that works out. Well, it's going to end our classic debate, right? You know, the teams that, that you know, who was number five, right? Who, who did not, who not, who did not get in? But like you know, using using this example and putting it to last year's rankings, right? Like Georgia would would get in, but they'd have to win, they'd have to win four games in order to win win the championship. Notre Dame wouldn't have been in. The, I don't know that Notre Dame would have been in the tournament last year, right? The way the way things went, and that's fine. I, I think you know the Notre Dame part of it. At first, it's like, eh, but it it makes sense. I mean, they don't. They're not in a conference. That's their choice not to be in it. Any conference would love to have them. They've decided to not be in a conference. And they're right. They don't play that game. And typically, it's, and, and here's the thing. You know, when this first came out, I thought, boy, they should get rid of that conference championship game. It's going to be meaningless. Oh, no, 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 no. That conference championship game is bigger than ever. Right. Because it Bye ensures week. the yep. buy. Okay. And, and, and the other, but here's the one thing I don't know yet. And we're not supposed to say I don't know, but I don't know yet, is the whole structure of where these games are going to be played. The bowl games will still be played, but like, will will there be a, a home game at first for the teams on the bye? Is it, it all spelled? It, it was my understanding that the games will be at the higher-seeded 
uh, home. So the Notre first, Dame, the first ones, if they were number okay. one in the country, the they would have a they would have a home game to start. the Okay, I haven't gotten that deep into it yet, but I, I was curious about how that all works out. And you know, they're going to rotate where the championship game will be played. Are there any? Are there any tie-ins anymore? You know, are the Big Ten and the Pac-10 going to play in the no, Rose Bowl anymore? The, the, that's the, the that's done. Going so be, tradition is just flushed down the toilet. Well, with this. that happened a long time ago. But I think the the tie-ins with the bowl games are going to be the last thing to go, and they're talking about that now. I'm not crazy about this, to be honest with you. I think that to me. It makes me wonder, are you still going after the 12 best teams? And based on this format, the answer is no. There's a conceivable outcome here where whatever is left of the Pac-12 or whatever semblance of a a conference is left in that league, Arizona could theoretically be the highest ranked of the the, the fifth conference champion. Arizona could have let's say, hypothetically, a 10-3 and record, and they could get in over an SEC team that's better than them, but maybe third in the league and has the same record. But you know what? They're going to be the 13th team, and there's always going to be controversy, and somebody's always going to feel like they belong. This isn't the NCAA tournament in basketball. It's not March Madness. March Madness, frankly, if you're Purdue when you win the Big Ten in basketball, it doesn't mean anything when you go into the field of – 68, right? It doesn't mean anything once that tournament begins. So if the football tournament wants to resemble the best tournament in sports, why are they doing this? I know why. I'm asking rhetorically. Why are they not committed to getting the 12 best teams and creating a tournament that creates the best of those 12? The the other thing that I thought was really interesting is they're not reseeding this after each round. So if you have like a massive upset – that team will benefit from having a massive upset. So they won't they won't try to rework it so the best teams are are preserved toward the end it's of the not, tournament. Do, yeah, it's not intended to do that. So I, I just I think a lot of special interests were being served here. And I think a lot of politics were being on display. And that's okay. That's the way pro sports or I'm well professional sports, college <laughs> sports. Very college true. sports are professional sports yeah. now and we see this as to me the latest example. That's a loaded question. Mm-hmm. Lots of loaded questions today. That's the voice of David Sampson. He's here at 9 with Mullion Haw. After meeting with the key state lawmakers in Springfield on Tuesday, White Sox chairman Jerry Reinsdorf downplayed the reported $1 billion in public subsidies he'll seek to build a new ballpark over in the South Loop. Quote, we haven't asked for anything, Reinsdorf said. At an appropriate time, everyone will speak. Now is not the appropriate time. End quote. What's your reaction to the Tuesday events? Not good. I don't think that the White Sox, if they were aiming to accomplish something by presenting a professional presentation or a, a put, on, put their best foot forward, they didn't do that. This was clumsy. This was not good for optics. Jerry Reinsdorf, we kidded about him being in a leather jacket, but it, this did not look like somebody who was going there to sell the idea that this was the best thing for the state of Illinois, the city of Chicago, and the White Sox organization. I don't think it was very smooth. He was in in his typical role of being sarcastic, but at some point in time, you can't come across as being evasive and unserious about something this significant. You're asking the state of Illinois 
which has its own budget issues, as you'll hear later today when the Governor Pritzker gives a state of the state address. You're asking the state of Illinois for a billion dollars in subsidies for what's going to be a, a great ballpark, tremendous renderings. People raved about the artwork, but it's a billion dollars in the middle of the city, and it, the economic impact is exaggerated. The number of jobs, exaggerated. I don't think the White Sox put their best foot forward. They should have anticipated this kind of media coverage, and Jerry Reinsdorf was not up to the task. If he can't deal with it, put someone out front who can because the White Sox are trying to communicate why this is a good idea. Jerry Reinsdorf failed on that on Tuesday. Uh, David, I think that's where you nailed it right there is that they need a better front of the house, if you want to use like a restaurant term. You need somebody that's going to be there to take this head on. I mean, you know, guess what other position? You know, they never replaced Kenny Williams. Right? Do they have a president? There is no president of the Chicago White Sox, unless I missed that five o'clock news dump that they're so <laughs> fond of doing. Um, but yeah, he could have he could have spoken more glowingly. You know, it was fun to talk about the leather jacket and you know how about a, how about just a tie? Okay, you don't you don't want to wear a blazer? How about a tie? How about how about look you know just look the part? Um, you know, he didn't take a jet down there. He he did ride on a bus, right? A you know, nice bus, but he rode a bus. Uh, down there to uh, Springfield with a group of people. But there should have been more to say. And, David, I'll push back a little bit. Um, I won't go for Bruce Levine, but I do think there is a Im- impact on that community. There will be th- – when they build the things around the park, those aren't just going to be used on game day. Those will be used other days. They're, they're going to try to mimic what's gone on over at Clark and Addison to a certain extent. And and before before the Ricketts, Clark and Addison, I, I've been to some bars in that neighborhood back in the day on a on a Friday in March before the tournament started. And you may as well have been on Spring Road in Elmhurst. There could be four people sitting at a bar. So like they have revived that neighborhood around the clock. And that possibly could be done at the seventy eight. Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't know all the things that they're looking for or all that they want. I think there are a couple of um, real obstacles for Jerry, and the number one obstacle is probably the governor. governor is reportedly mulling a run for president at some point or at least has those aspirations. The state's kind of broke. Uh, there isn't a lot of money floating around. Um, if, if the guy wants to run for president, I don't think he needs Jerry's backing. You know what I mean? I think he's got enough money himself. He could probably build a stadium for him if he really wanted to. So I I just think that that's an issue. And I get it. You know, Jerry's down there asking for a billion so he can get that $300 plus. They're also looking for some sales tax pause in the area that that Crane said would be worth up to like $400 million over the course of X amount of time that they could put aside to help pay for this thing. So th- there are there are subtle things involved in getting to the billion dollars, I suppose. But um, no one, no one has an appetite for this. And it doesn't matter where you go or who you talk to. Everyone's going to nod their head and they're going to smile at you. But I can't imagine that this has much impact, if any, uh, on legislators. I don't think there's anyone there that is 
going to see the presentation and say, Eureka, and I will lead this and, you know, call to arms for all of us. I just don't, I don't think that's the way to do it. And, and you're absolutely right. I'm not sure Jerry is the front man for it, frankly. But, um, you know, who's going to tell him, who's going to tell him he can't? Who's going to tell him, hey, put a, put a suit on? I, I don't think that, I think Jerry keeps his own counsel. I think, you know, when, when last we saw him take questions, he said something like, you can ask me anything you want. I'll answer what I want. That's kind of it with the way he's living. Yeah, And he's, it's hard to reverse that. There's really nobody on the payroll who's going to tell him no. I'll take your questions. I don't have, I don't have much to say about this. Oh, there he is. There's Kenny Williams. Michael Kopech wants to start with a clean slate and told the White Sox Talk podcast this year will be different because he'll be pitching more for the team than for himself, avoiding the extremes of going deep into games or exiting early or something like that. How interested are you in anything Kopech says at this point, and what's his role on this White Sox staff? Is a is a difficult subject to talk about because, you know, I, I really feel like Michael Kopech is, is just a guy that once could throw the ball really fast. And he was this kind of sensation where he could throw the ball for 105, 106 miles an hour, and everyone confused that with, um, with being a pitcher. I don't consider him a very good pitcher. I kind of think he's a bust. I, I feel like he has a lot of issues that have gotten in his own way uh, for whatever reason. And um, I don't know if there – I don't know if you can sit here and say there is a legitimate role for Michael Kopech on this or any team. I think when you have talent, people fall in love with that and they speculate and they imagine how great you're going to be. But I think there's a lot of other things involved and a lot of it is sort of this kind of – a lot of it is internal. And a lot of it is, is you know, how competitive are you? How much do you want to win? How willing are you uh, to do what it takes to win? And I, I don't know that there's any – I just think this guy's a wildly talented guy that has never been able to, to sort of um, commit to what it is he needs to do to become a great baseball player. So, again, you know, all the talent in the world doesn't mean a lot if you can't have discipline, if you can't pull yourself together. I, I, I have serious questions in my mind about whether he can do it or not. And, and he's, he's almost a non-entity on this team to me. If he comes up and does something, hey, that's great. But I, I have very little hope for how he's going to pitch this year. Very little expectation. Well, it's fine to have low expectations on the guy, but they need him. They need him in that starting rotation right now. I mean, you know, we can scoff at that or shake our head at that. Who else do they have? They have they have nobody else. They he he it's it, let's put it this way. It's put up or shut up time. I I've been that, I have that been was a the, couple years ago. I'm sorry. Put up or shut up was a couple years ago. Okay. I think when you hear Michael Kopech talk, you feel some empathy for somebody who can't get out of his own head. And his problems have always been, to me, from the shoulders up. That's not meant to be derogatory toward him. You do feel uh, like you you want to help him. You want to talk to him. You want to hear him out because he clearly is struggling with his psyche as much as he's struggling with anything. 
That's always been the story. He's had some physical ailments. He's had some injuries that have held him back. But he's always been this bundle of potential that can't get out of his own way. And you wonder why he he alluded to, you know, he wants to avoid uh, the, the, the feast or famine exercise of every start. Either he goes really deep or he he's out real early because he's all, all gas and no brakes. He's thinking a lot. He's thinking probably too much. I, I, I am kind of tired of hearing from him because I heard the interview and I wasn't sure if it was 2024 or 2022 or when he first came. There's been a lot of Michael Kopech introspection, a lot of Michael Kopech uh, analysis about who he is and what he's going to be. Enough already. Deliver. I think the best role in this team for Michael Kopech could be one that's the hardest maybe to master. He's got closer stuff. I don't know if he could come back on consecutive days. I don't know if he's got the mentality for that. But when you talk about a guy who's just going to give all that he has, the way he has always, the ninth inning, the eighth inning might be the best role for him. And Dustin, when you say they need him and what else do they have, I agree with what you're saying. It's just bad roster construction. That's a whole other story. But that's what, that's what you're talking about. That's a great question. All right, here we go. What do you make of Daniel Jeremiah's latest mock draft, which had four quarterbacks going in the top eight picks? Wow. What scenario led the Bears to select Washington wide receiver Rome Odunze at number nine? It's a dream scenario for Jeremiah fans since he has the top three players as Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison Jr., and then Odunze. I think most Bears fans would take that when you have – uh, number one quarterback and one of the top wide receivers not named Marvin Harrison Jr. going to the Bears, that would be electric for an offense that with Caleb Williams would be ready to take off. I, I don't know in that scenario if four quarterbacks would go. These mock drafts are done obviously very early. It's February 21st. It's already, you know, people are, are four deep in their mock drafts. It doesn't factor in free agency. And you wonder if the Falcons at eight, for instance, uh, with all the speculation about Justin Fields, would pick a quarterback if they trade for Justin Fields. It's unlikely that they would because then they would need probably protection. They would want to maybe give their new quarterback something to uh, work with. But from a Bears perspective, this would be one of the best-case scenarios because you would have an elite wide receiver with the best quarterback that's come into the draft by some estimates, by Daniel Jeremiah's evaluation, I think. So that would be great news for the Bears. And I think it might be overstating how many quarterbacks go in the top 10. Let's do this again after free agency, and I think it might be maybe three. That's still a lot in the top 10. Well, I think three is a lock. And the fourth they're talking about, local guy made good. Mm-hmm. J.J. McCarthy. Can he make all the throws? Well, we never. He never threw the ball at Michigan, basically. He never had to throw the ball at Michigan. They never let him throw the ball at Michigan. Why didn't they let him throw the ball at Michigan? His pro day is going to be something that everybody's going to want to see. Because I think if you want to win sooner rather than later, you might be better served, again, keyword, sooner rather than later, short term, you might be better served with a Michael Penix. I think he's more NFL ready today. Knees. I understand that, but listen to what I said. Right now, today, in a short window, for a team that thinks they're right there, um, I think that's a better pick. I think I think J.J. is going to be in the league for a long time, but 
I think he's going to be a little bit of a project, and I think he's a little bit um, uh, smaller. Great athlete, more athletic than I thought. But this is this is a nice scenario for the Bears. But again, I keep saying, keep trading down and keep accumulating picks because this is a a thick draft at uh, at wide receiver. And if everybody wants all these quarterbacks, the Bears could accumulate a whole heck of a lot. Well, I mean, this is a dream scenario if you follow what Jeremiah thinks about different players. And, you know, you put Odunze with uh, with what the Bears have right now and DJ Moore. I mean, holy cow, that's pretty good stuff. And, um, and that would be a really big-time um, pick for them. They're going to get a good player at nine. I think that, that in this, we kind of talked about it a little bit before. The more quarterbacks, the merrier as far as the Bears are concerned. I think it's interesting, Dustin, because you talk about J.J. McCarthy, and he could have stayed in school. You still have another one of those. Um, I think there's one more class with, uh, with the, uh, with the, the um, COVID oh, year. Yeah. So I think he could stay in school. I wonder how good he'd be, you know, as opposed to Penix Jr. if he played a fifth year in college, as, as he did, as Bo Nix did, as those guys uh, that, that are now being talked about as – as drafted players, I think people in the league really like J.J. McCarthy, and they like a lot of the stuff that he can do. And I, I think you're when you say that he's small, I think you mean he's slight because he's not like a big, thick guy, but he's 6'3", right? Isn't he 6'3 or 6'4"? I mean, he's got, he's got, he's definitely within the prototype height, which is important, and there's a lot of things that people really like about him. Um I I um I I would wonder, um, you know, Odunze that would be a great pick. What if one of those tackles is sitting there? What if you know? And I I don't know which one, but the kid from Penn State or the kid from Notre Dame, if they're sitting there at number nine, and you got a chance to bring in a left tackle for ten years, I mean, don't you? Wouldn't that be enticing? And wouldn't that be uh, a really interesting? And there's. It's a deep wide receiver class. I'm not saying you're going to find a Dunze or a guy that good later in the draft, but you might be able to find a guy that can uh, do some things and, and, and take the lid off a of defense. So I, 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 um, I'd be very interesting to see how they put it together. But I think that the, the underlying point of this is that not only do you have the first pick in the draft, but the number nine pick could be really good. Yeah, that's a good question. The Bears made history, hiring Jennifer King to work with the team's running backs, assisting Chad Morton, making King the franchise's first woman assistant coach ever. Can you envision this becoming a bigger trend where multiple women are on an NFL coaching staff? Which major sport will be the first to have a female head coach or manager? Um, You know, to answer the last question first, I would imagine it's basketball just because there's so many more coaches both in the women's game and uh, and in a few in the men's game at the college level, so I would think that that might be the place for it. You know, the difficulty—you don't have to have played the sport to be a coach in the sport. You know, um, you look at uh, you look at the Shanahan family tree, and uh, you know, I don't know if Kyle Shanahan—I know he didn't play college football. Because um, he went to Texas, and um, and he was uh, not on that team, but he was great chums with the uh, the quarterback. He and um, and Sims went to school together, and I think that 
you know, there there certainly could be a family-type situation where someone's around the game in the same fashion and, and becomes a coach uh, in, in that sort of a way. Um, I You know, being an assistant coach is hard. You work very hard. Being in a being a uh, an assistant to a position coach isn't easy. You got a lot of things you got to do, and you got a lot of stuff, and it's you know long hours and hard work. And I think if someone devotes themselves to that, they could definitely do it. I, I you know, congratulations uh, to Jennifer King. I, I have no problem with her becoming a, a coach on the Bears. I think it's great. She was. Just, she has a background already in coaching, and you know this is this is how it works. You bounce around and you build yourself up, and you eventually get your opportunities. I'd echo what Molly just said there. Congratulations to Jennifer King and the Bears uh, for this coming to be. Also, last week I believe IHSA announced that girls' flag football is becoming an official sport in Illinois, and that could also trend where more females, more young girls are getting involved with football, which creates their desire to be part of the game at that level, right? So that's another part of this about, you know, not quote-unquote playing the same game, but playing the game, the passing game portion of it and defending the passing game portion of it. That And listen, as crazy as this might sound, I'll be the one who says it, you know, this whole this whole Taylor Swift thing has brought an unbelievable amount of females into football. And I don't think they just end up going away when she goes away. A certain part of them will. I mean, if her and Travis don't end up, you know, tying the knot and made for TV movie and all of that. If she just, if they break up, I still think that the NFL has attracted a new audience. A bigger audience than they had before with females. The Bears... Um, I'm done. The bell sounded. I have to. Stop. The Bears are out in front of this, and this is good for them because that's not too often that are they at the forefront of something like this. Jennifer King has earned this job. Um, she comes with rave reviews from Washington. Congratulations to her. This is a great moment for women's sports because the first time in the charter franchise has had a female coach in, at Hallis Hall. So that's great. It could lead to other advances. It could lead to more women getting involved. The Taylor Swift point is a good one, Dustin. Uh, I think basketball makes the most sense, but don't rule out managers in baseball becoming female. You're seeing some minor league movement in, long, in, in that regard. You know, football, it would be probably hard to envision for a lot of people. A lot of people stuck in their ways, perhaps, but I think it's coming. It's, I, I don't know if it's 10 or 15 years or 20 years away, but I think it's coming. This will be a pick six. There's your ball game. Can the NBA All-Star game be fixed, and how would you do it? Did you watch much any of the NBA weekend events? So, short on time, uh, all you got to do is pay the players, make it worth their while, like the in-season tournament that with the, the gaudy courts that they painted and everything. Everyone liked that at the end. They paid players. They gave them money, and you're going to have to give them a payout so Adam Silver doesn't look so disgusted at the end of the All-Star game. That's probably the way they, they will do it. they got plenty of money to spend. Yeah, pay them, and they'll show up, and they'll compete, and they'll care. Because right now, it's clearly, if they don't care, why should I care? I didn't really watch much of the. I watched enough to be a little bit turned off by the whole thing. Money, money, money. Um, it's always about money. 
So that would help. Here, here's what I would do. I would still have the format where you're letting the fans and the players vote on who gets to be in the All-Star game. But then I would put all the names in a hopper. I would do a NCAA tournament-style bracket where we would play games of pig or horse or dog or NBA, whatever you want, and it would be a mountain of money for the winner to go to a charity of his choice. That's what I would do on Sunday. I like. I think all the other events can remain the same, but that's what I would do on Sunday. Yeah, I. You know, I think that that there's really little to fix it, frankly. And the the NFL just kind of bagged it. They kind of gave up on the Pro Bowl altogether, and maybe the NBA uh, should look at some scenario like that. The only thing that would work is if you gave money to guys. They tried. They did that for their in season tournament, right? They gave a million dollars everybody for that. So I. I don't know that this is going to work. Um, it, it is the, – the game itself is awful, and maybe it's the style – the style of basketball has gotten to a point where, you know, everybody just comes down the floor and shoots a three, and, and when you got so many people laying back and not covering the three-point line, I mean, it's just open shots, so you score 200 points. Whoop-de-doo. Um, it, it is uh, – it's a real difficult conundrum. The only thing that worked out of it, out of the whole weekend, the only thing, like, the dunk contest doesn't work anymore. We've seen the best of that. That's over. The three-point shooting contest works, and and that's kind of interesting to see. I thought the uh, Sabrina Ionesco-Steph Curry thing works, and I thought that was super cool. They, they've talked about expanding that, Dame Lillard with Steph, and then, and then have Caitlin Clark come in, and she could play with uh, – Sabrina, Sabrina Ionesco, who I believe is married to Hironis Grasso. Come on. Get your head on right. Um, that That's crazy, isn't it? The former Bears center. At any rate, um, I believe Caitlin Clark would have to earn her bones in the league before you could let her do You know, people would be jealous if yeah, she so suddenly. Well, she's the best shooter in the league. She's I, the best shooter in the league. But I don't know that she is coming in, right? I don't know. So there's no solution. How's that? There really is nothing you can do to fix this damn thing. All right, we got the extra point next. It's Mully and Haw on the score. Set up this extra point. It's time for the extra point with Mully and Haw on 670 The Score. With the Bulls enjoying their final day before the NBA break ends and their season resumes, do you believe they will improve from the current ninth seed that they currently own? Since the top eight seeds in the Eastern Conference managed to stay in the playoffs after the break last year, what will the difference be if the Bulls actually make it? They're going to have to go on a streak. I don't know if they're capable of doing that. The East is really stronger, I think, maybe than it was a year ago. You look at the teams in front of them, and frankly, they're teams that have passed the Bulls. You don't worry about the legitimacy of the Knicks any longer. You think you look at the Cavs and like, wow, they're good. What are the Bulls? The Bulls are collection of of players that are healthy now and uh, who's left because Zach is out. He's going to be gone till the rest of the season. You know that. Torrey Craig now has been injured over the weekend, sprained his knee two to four weeks. Now that's a big loss because of what he offers. And defensively and from the three-point line, you like his veteran presence, and now he's gone for a month. Well, how much time is left? There's only 27 games. I don't see them climbing up the Eastern Conference standings. I don't see them maybe even getting higher than ninth. They need to go on a winning streak. They start out with the Celtics. 
So this is the way they welcome everybody back from the All-Star break. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the United Center, and you lose by 20. I think the Celtics are the best team going, and that's a tough challenge to begin right out of the gate. So not really optimistic about the Bulls' final 27 games. They have embraced the status quo, like it or not, and there's not a lot to like. Right, and, and they're trying to get to right about 500. And David mentioned the Celtics. Then it's the Pelicans, the Pistons, the Cavs, the Bucks, and the Kings. Maybe you're winning two of those games. You better beat the Pistons, right? If you're gonna, you gotta, you gotta. The Bulls have to continue to win the games that they should win for sure, and then hope they catch a team sleeping on a Tuesday or Wednesday night. That's that's, and they're hurt. They're, they they they. How do you, you come? You go back to the break more injured than when you left it. That usually doesn't happen, but to this Bulls team, it does. The Torrey Craig injury is just a gut punch. I mean, he got hurt working out by himself over the weekend, and now they're saying they'll reevaluate him in two to four weeks. That means he's out another month. That That is awful, and they need all hands on deck, and, you know, Patrick Williams is nowhere near coming back either. So I think that the problem that you have is that you're one spot out of the playoffs and as we say in the question, last year, all the teams that were in their playoff spot, I don't know if some moved within it, but those were the eight teams that ended up making the playoffs. You know, I think in the Western Conference, both the Lakers and the Warriors jumped up, and they're at like 9 and 10 right now. But it is difficult to imagine the Bulls putting together any kind of a run. They they may well be on a one-game play-in against uh, – uh, against Atlanta or someone to try to get into the mix here. And that stinks. But they're still three or four games back. The only hope you would have is if you look at how poorly they started the season and then you kind of throw that out because they've played well since then. So they need to play well. Now, they came uh, just within a hair of finishing 2-2 two and two at the at the end of the break and I felt like they needed to be three and one to have a legitimate shot and to have the sort of energy and motivation going forward. But you know, a lot of it's gonna be some of the younger guys getting better and fitting in and Kobe White's gotta keep it up. I, I'll be very curious to see what happens tonight. And their schedule does get tougher. So the Bulls are gonna have to play better. The magic, they're not going anywhere. The okay. heat, they're just gonna get better. The Pacers are a big surprise, but you figure they're going to keep improving. The Sixers are the Sixers. The Knicks, eh, you know, they're they're built for they're they, built for they, the playoffs. They right got now. Tibbs and they play hard and they're not going to go minded. down anyway. I agree. They're not wilting. And then you got the Bucks are going to get it together. You sense the and Bucks could challenge. You know, the Bucks should be better than they are. They're three and seven with Doc, but I think they'll get it three together. And seven. The Cavs and the Celtics are the class of the East right now, and so. You hard wonder, to see where they're. I don't, it's hard to see who's going to fall apart and come back to them. But you get what so, you deserve, and yeah. really, the way the Bulls yeah. handled the trade deadline, they deserve to be right on the fringe, worried about ninth and tenth, and, and worried about the play-in. It's a great point. All right, we've uh, we're going to get to the calls three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. That's the telephone number. Mully and Hall on the score. Wait, since we're here, hold on. But, I mean, what's we're not. The, what's, well, no, 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 no. Since we're here. Okay. All right, come on. What's with the unfollow with the Bears? What's, what's up with that? Man, bro, I'm glad we're talking about it. because. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 to the score. 
Wow. Justin Fields was about to answer that question. But guess what? You got to tune in. That's a tease. That's a tease. That's a very well-executed tease by the St. Brown brothers that are putting together a podcast on a weekly basis on the 33rd team. So it's good pub for them. Justin Fields sounded like he was welcoming the opportunity to set the record straight. Yes. And whether or not he unfollowed the Bears on Instagram never or followed never, ever, ever, ever followed them in the first place. And it will end up being, I predict, much ado about nothing. Okay. Whew. Yeah. So, we'll, uh, you know, we'll get the rest of that podcast. Uh, I think it drops. What time? Uh, I think it's later more, today, it's around the, like noon, noon or yeah, one yeah. today. Can you not give me some t- like specifics? I need to schedule my lunch around this. That's a tease for all you <laughs> listeners out there. Stay tuned. Can we call Dave? Wake him up. He's on the thirty third team, isn't he? he Does is? he have any inside information? Does he know what the uh, St. Browns are after? I don't know. I don't know if he does. The St. Browns is equanimous. St. Brown coming back to the Bears. I think the Bears have the wrong St. Brown. They do. I think, I think that was obvious. I'm on, I'm on Ra year. would be a great guy to add to Oh, my team. gosh. A third down especially. Pretty good player. Yes. Equinemius. In the, 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 Listen. It's a, it's a very interesting question. Will he be back? And I think the only answer would be another question. Would it matter? Well, I think as a wide receiver in the NFL, he's a very good blocker. Again, <laughs> this is not the skill position. He's a very good for. blocker. See, I, I got to call you on that one. I'm staying positive. I, I think he's he's so not a very good catcher I, well, that he becomes then well he's a good I blocker. I, I intentionally did not go there because right. he's not a great catcher. He's not a the best receiver, but he is a very good blocker. It's, Maybe. it's, like, a, it's like a guy that can't put the words together, <sighs> and it's the most painful thing to read. And then you say, well, he's a good reporter. Is he really? Or is he just a sad, sad writer, so he must be able to report? Well, that is the ultimate uh, faint praise, if you will, to a somebody on a staff of newspapers, for instance, which is you're referring to. If you're a really good reporter. I'm, I'm speaking to you in your language. Okay, buddy. I'm thank trying you. to yeah. translate this. Reporters so want understand. to write better. Writers want to report better. Sometimes you get everybody, uh, somebody who can do both well. But it's not all that common. Let's just say that. 312-644-6767. Our buddy John is in Joliet. John, good morning. How are you, pal? Good morning, guys. You know, I'm sure both of you have seen the movie The Irishman. Yes. Where Al Pacino is waiting for Tony Jack to come walking in for the meeting. That's Jerry Reinsdorf yesterday. Jerry Reinsdorf walked in like Tony Jack, Tom Cool Collective, ready to meet Mike North at the Shazam Disco. What is this guy doing? I don't, I, I'm just for the life of me, gentlemen. I want to be happy about baseball, but all the social media sites, they want Jerry to sell. And guys, all I'm asking, just give me a reason. I'll follow through. I'm going to go to games. I'm not going to say I'm not going to go, but I'm not happy. Well, thanks, John. Yeah. I appreciate the phone call. Your cynicism is shared by a lot of people. Uh, I, I, think, I think a couple of things about this, this White Sox ballpark. Theoretically, conceptually, it's it would be easy to get behind if they could pay for it, if they weren't asking for a billion dollars in public funds. If this were something that they were privately funding and asking for some public assistance, it might be a different argument. If they're paying for it all themselves, it would be easy to support. I like the idea of a ballpark in that setting 
in that neighborhood and what it could mean to the city of Chicago, but I don't like the idea of, of using a billion dollars in public subsidies to finance it. Yeah, I, I mean, look, we don't know. They didn't lay out a financial plan, and they didn't lay out exactly what they need to get it done. They just tried to sell the idea of the ballpark in that area and apparently, you know, had all their presentations. So I would imagine if you're a legislator and somebody comes into your office and and shows you the renderings, uh, you'd have the same response we all had. Oh, that looks wow. good. Wow, fantastic. That's great. Get that done. Go ahead. Yes. But, well, we're going to just need – nah. Not, it, it's like walking it's, into the sh- the showroom yeah. of your automobile dealership and saying, you know, that looks great. I would love to drive that sports car or that SUV or whatever the case is. And then you sit down and you find out what it's going to cost you. It's, yeah. And then you're more likely Sticker to leave. shock, right? Isn't that, uh, <laughs> yeah. You're thinking, I would really like hmm. to have that. I really like what I saw, but I can't afford it. And you know what? I don't know if this is something the state of Illinois, the city of Chicago can afford. It might be living beyond your means, if you will. Oh, I, I um, again, you know, great idea, high concept, get it done. We'll do what we can to stay out of your way. That that would be the response. That would be great. I don't, but I, I think the minute you're looking for public funds, even if it is saying, hey, let's not have sales tax, or you know what we're going to do? We're going to create a fund where the sales tax goes into a group, and then we get $400 million out of that in a few years to help pay for it. And, oh, by the way, you get all this money in the sports authority that's sitting there. Why don't we take that off your hands too? Um, yeah, I, I don't know how who's on board with that. I really don't. It's a big ask, and I think that it's interesting because Jerry Reinsdorf appeared on Tuesday. The sense is that Kevin Warren or somebody from the Bears organization will appear before the session ends in May. What will they be asking for? What will their – the agenda can you, be can you tell this school system to trump well i think there's to going to be us? part of that we'll get to that when we come back because i think that's you know i i believe that they are related and i do think that kevin warren could be playing a pretty dangerous game here in terms of the leverage game and i think that we need to probably look at that in the context of how this all kind of maybe fits together 312-644-6767 it's mully and haw on the score we really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 